Philippians 3. Philippians 3. That's great news. That's marvelous news. That's bigger news than Kanye and Kimye and all them people. <laughs> They're not even a thing no more. They come and go. Y'all remember when, when J-Lo was gearing to marry uh, A-Rod? That ain't even a thing no more. Them people, these people change part of what they change underwear. All that is distraction. From the real things that are happening in the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Philippians 3, verse 3. I'm going to read one verse tonight. Verse 1 verse. You got it? Okay, Philippians 3, verse 3. Let's read together. Ready, read. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh. Father, thank you tonight for the word of God that we're about to receive. I pray that each person has hearing ears, seeing eyes, and a receiving heart so that your word can get down into the soul of our hearts and produce what you sent it to produce. Anoint me afresh. Anoint every person to hear the word of God tonight. And God, we thank you that your word is already anointed as it stands. So have your way in this place tonight, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. amen. And amen. All right. We're talking tonight on this subject. Put no confidence in the flesh. Put no confidence in the flesh. Now, I've been talking to you about how believers, we're, we're to operate differently than the whole world. You all agree with that? Yes. Talked about how we're in this world, but we are not of this world. Philippians 3.20, I showed you on Sunday, the, uh, Paul said, but our citizenship is where? is in heaven. So you and I have dual citizenship, right? That's where we're from. We're from heaven. We're not from this earth. That means if, listen, I know people get mad when I talk about things like abortion and stuff like that, but these are heaven's rules. God told us to cry out for the innocent ones. Bible says God hates those who shed innocent blood. So that's, that's how we vote. That's how we go. You got it? Well, I don't, I, no, I got my other opinion. No, your opinion don't mean nothing. We're from the kingdom. We're ambassadors. As a matter of fact, the next, next verse I gave you, 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors don't get to have their own opinion. I better come on this side. Ambassadors don't get to have their own opinion. An ambassador who gives his own opinion will get fired quick, fast, and in a hurry. An ambassador who has his own opinion will have to catch their own flight back to the U.S. Pay for it themselves. We don't, we don't have our own opinions. It's what does God say? Well, I don't feel. Your feelings do not mean anything. Y'all are quiet in this Baptist church. Your feelings don't mean anything. What you think doesn't mean anything. God said, my ways are not your ways. Your, uh, your, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Forsake your ways. Forsake your thoughts. Come up to my ways and my thoughts. So we got to come up to God's way of thinking. Y'all got this here? All right, so we are citizens of heaven. We are ambassadors for Christ, Okay. Now, we talked about how we war uh, not in the, we walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, come on, but they are mighty through God to what? Casting down arguments, right? Imaginations, and every, every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So God has given us this arsenal of weapons, and I've been teaching you about those weapons, right? We talked about the sword of the spirit, which is the word, the word of God. We talked about the voice of the word, right? 
The angels give heed to the voice of God's word. These are our weapons that we have. The sword of the spirit, the word of God, the voice of his word. We also talked about the voice of the spirit. So when you and I hear the voice of the, I talked that Wednesday night, how to, how to make sure you're hearing the voice of the God's spirit. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, my sheep know my voice, and they don't follow anybody else. Strange voice, they're not going to follow, okay? So we need to know the voice of the spirit. I need to know when God's talking to me and when the devil's trying to give me some foolishness. Right? And then Sunday we talked about another part of our arsenal, the voice of the blood. The voice of the blood. How many of you know the blood talks? Hebrews 12, 24, the Bible says that it says we, we come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks. That blood speaks better things than that of Abel. And I showed you back in Genesis uh, 4, I think it was around verse 10, how God asked, asked Cain, he said, hey, where, where is uh, Abel? He said, well, am I my brother's keeper? He said, I, well, I hear the, the voice of Abel's blood crying out from the ground. So God said, I hear the voice of blood. And I showed you in, in the 17th chapter of Leviticus how life is in the blood. That's why God commanded people, when you eat meat, don't eat the blood with it. You drain the blood from it. But then Jesus comes along in the New Testament and says, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of it. You, you, you do not have life in you. But if you eat my flesh, you drink my blood, you have eternal life. Y'all got it? So he flipped the script. So his blood, we got to take it. His blood, we got to take it. There's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. And what, what reason we talked about that is one of the things back, you know, me growing up in old school church, and I'm still an old school preacher. In the old school church, we all talked about pleading the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood. Satan, the blood is against you. I plead the blood over my family. I plead the blood over my car. I plead the blood over, over my wife. I plead the blood over my house. I plead the blood. But people today don't talk about pleading the blood. But we got to get back to pleading the blood. That's part of our arsenal. It's part of our protection. When God was bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt for the Passover, what he said was the Passover, he said, when I take this lamb, take a lamb for each household and you get some of the blood off from that lamb and you put some of it on the, the lintel of your house across and then put some on the doorpost of your house going up and down and he said when the angel comes through that death angel he says and when I see the blood I will pass over you so blood protected the people hallelujah blood will protect you not your blood his blood Hallelujah. I can't tell you how many people who have come in and they've had blood conditions and I've pleaded the blood and I say, Lord, your blood for their blood. Your blood for their blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you've got any kind of blood condition, you just declare his blood for your blood. Hallelujah. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. He shed his blood on Calvary for me. He was drained of his blood so I could have his blood. Hallelujah. I said he was drained of his blood. Remember when Jesus, man, I'm, let me just. Remember when Jesus shows up after the resurrection? The, the disciples, they're locked up in a room for fear of the Jews. And he, he walks into the room. <laughs> right? And he said, uh, you know, uh, uh, Thomas said, I, I won't believe unless I, I touch him. 
And Jesus looks and said, Thomas, look at me, man. He said, you think I'm a ghost? He said, ghosts don't have flesh and bones. He never mentioned blood. Not after the resurrection. The resurrected Christ had no blood in him. <laughs> Yet he ate on the seashore with the, with the disciples. But he had no blood. He said flesh and bones. Because he had taken his blood and put it up on that mercy seat. That blood, there is a fountain. Oh. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. Is sinners plunge beneath that flood, they lose all their guilty stains. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Hallelujah. The Bible says this blood cleanses us from all sin. Put up Revelation chapter 12. Put up Revelation 12. Let's start around verse uh, 9. Revelation 12 verse 9. Verse, you know, go back to verse 7. I'll take that verse 7. And a war broke out. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail. That means the dragon, his angels, Satan. They did not prevail. Nor was place found for them in heaven any longer. Verse uh, 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called who? The devil and? So we know who we're talking about here. Who does what? This is what he does, ladies and gentlemen. He deceives the whole world. He's a deceiver. He deceives the whole world. So listen to me. Whatever you see the whole world doing, do the opposite. Tell your neighbor, do the opposite. Whatever, the, whatever you see trending... Do the opposite. Whatever you see the majority following, do the opposite. Go the other way. Just pop your neighbor in the head and tell him go the other way. Don't, 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 don't literally pop in the head. Don't, don't literally do that, please. Go the other way. Why? Because the devil deceives the whole world. The Bible says in 1 John 5, right around verse 19, that the whole world lies under the sway or the deception, the control of the wicked one. So whatever you see the whole world doing, do the opposite. If all the girls in the world's shorts are getting higher, let your shorts get longer. If all the guys in the world pants getting tighter, let your pants get looser. You know where tight pants is just because that's my daddy say pants is. You know where tight pants is just because all the boys wearing tight pants is. You got to point your toe to try to get in and sit on the bed. Don't do that just because the whole world's doing that. Pastor, you meddling. You dog on right, I'm meddling. I don't, I don't want all these girly men around me. I don't need no girly men. We don't need no, no Meg the Stallions up in the church. <laughs> All the girls trying to Meg. <laughs> now you can get saved. I want you to get saved. I want Meg, and I want, I want, I want all of them to get saved. Hallelujah. 
So back in Revelation 12, verse 9, it calls Satan the deceiver. He deceives the whole world, right? Then it says he was cast to the earth. His angels were cast out with him. He says, watch this. Then I heard a loud voice in saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accused of our brethren. That's the devil. Who accused, not accuses, accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Now watch this big verse here. This is about the blood. And they overcame him. I don't know if y'all got it. And they overcame him. How do you overcome the devil? By the blood of the lamb, by the word of your testimony. Tell your neighbor, the blood still works. Tell somebody else on the other side, the blood still works. Yeah, in 2022, the blood still works. We may not preach about it, may not sing about it, may not talk about it like we need to, but the blood still works. The blood will never lose its power. Hallelujah. The blood still works. And so we plead the blood of Jesus Christ over our lives, over our families, over everything about us. Walk into your business, wherever you work, plead the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, people like to shoot up jobs and shoot up businesses. People like to shoot up schools. You're going to send your kid on the school bus, on the school campus, and you don't plead the blood over them? My parents, when I was growing up, because we, we went to public school, my parents, when I was growing up, we had to come in their house, in, in their room in the morning time, and uh, they, get a, they had a bottle of oil. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. They had a bottle of oil. And they'd come, and we'd, we'd get that little cross right on the forehead. Right? Sorry, Dick, I don't mean that. That's we got that oil cross on our head. Every, I ain't no power in the oil. It's a power in believing. The oil is just a point of contact. You can't send people all out in the world and you're not covering them with nothing. Let's go have a good time. Have a good time. So we have the blood. Y'all got it? So they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right. Now let's look back at Philippians 3.3. Because what I just showed you, those weapons, that arsenal, those are all spiritual things. Right? Right? You can't see the sword of the spirit. You can't see the voice of the word or, or the word. You can't see it. Right? There's a, the Bible says that over in Hebrews, in fact, the things that appear were not made of things uh, that are seen. So the word, you can't see the word. But it's a, it's a real weapon. It's more real than the hair on your head. <laughs> you can't see the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Right? Just had to check y'all. Some of y'all, I see the blood to be on my mirror at the house. No, 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 you spooky. You spooky. No, ain't no blood on your mirror. If you got blood on, me, on your mirror, stop watching Bloody Mary movies and Candyman and all that kind of stuff. Get off of Netflix because something wrong with you. Okay? There's some demons <laughs> acting up. Okay? So you can't see these things, but they are real. And they are spiritual weapons. And the whole course that we've been through is to teach us that God wants us to use these spiritual weapons and not lean on the flesh. 
For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So tonight I want to talk to you about putting no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh. My, my wife will tell you one thing. I'm, I'm a real pastor. I'm not just a reverend. I'm a real pastor. I'm a real man of God who cares about the people that I pastor. I care about people. And I look and I try to see what's going on. Lord, I want to help the people. She'll tell you, I'm, I, Lord, I want to help the people. I want you to be helped. And so when I, when I do this in the spirit, I'm like, okay, all right, we got to deal with this some areas over here because the people, some, some of the people's faces don't look right. If, if your face don't look, see, that's why I understand the, the YouTube preachers who just everybody went on shutdown for the last two years. And, you know, I'm going to preach online for two years so while we deal with the, with the pandemic, you know, but the, the people can see you, but you can't see them, sheep, uh, shepherd. The shepherd, the sheep can see the shepherd, but the shepherd can't see the sheep. Something wrong. You got to see the sheep, right? And so when I see and I, I do that, I'm like, oh, okay, we got to deal with some stuff. And so that's what we've been dealing with is trying to get the people of God to take their confidence out of the flesh. Because some of y'all, maybe not y'all here tonight, but some of the people come on Sunday, um, kind of look like they've been beat up. I've been going through. And I understand going through because we're all going to face battles. We're all going to face some uh, tribulations. We all going to deal with that. But if you are putting your confidence in the flesh, what you should be overcoming starts overcoming you. You got it? And I don't want to find any one of the sheep that God's given me charge of are being overcome. You got that? So over here in, in Philippians 3 and verse 3. In fact, let me start at verse 1, please. Verse 1. Finally, my brother, rejoice in the Lord for me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Verse 2, beware. Y'all ever seen that on, on a fence somewhere? Beware of dogs. We, I hear preachers, watch them dogs. Jasper Williams and C.L. Frank, all them guys is, Watch them dogs. And they go and list all these different kinds of dogs. Oh, oh, and there's some dogs, a hound dog. And you got to watch out for the hound dog. And, and, and they preach about that. That's, that's fine. <laughs> but it says beware or be aware of dogs. Beware or be aware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. The mutilation. For we are the circumcision. So what he's talking about here, Paul is talking to his, this is his beloved family, church family here. These are his, this is partner church, the church of Philippi here. And he's saying, I want y'all to be watchful uh, of a group called the Judaizers. The Judaizers. Y'all ever seen that word, Judaizers? These are people who, they, um, either they are straight up Orthodox Jews or they are Jewish Christians who try to get the people, other Christians, to mix the law with faith or mix the law and grace together. Okay? So Judaizers would come to a person or a group or people, Paul, been there, he don't preach somewhere, 
and he's got everybody all saved and on fire for God, and he leaves, now goes somewhere else, and here come the Judaizers. Come and stir up. Hey, let me tell you something. We know you got saved and everything, but you still got to get circumcised. You still got to keep the law. You still got to keep all these commandments. Now, was it right? But they were going there teaching people to do that. So Paul is telling his beloved family here at, at Philippi, he says, I want you to beware of dogs. He calls them dogs. <laughs> watch them dogs. Tell your neighbor, watch them dogs. Beware of evil workers. He's calling them evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. The mutilation. Now, without being too graphic, uh, mutilation, he's, he's referring to uh, the act of circumcision. Everybody understand circumcision? Okay. So what he calls them the mutilation. Because he says what he's, the point he's making is, is when you come behind and you now going to force people to be circumcised now and they believe in Christ, you're mutilating their bodies because there's no need for circumcision anymore. Circumcision was a covenant act that God gave to Abraham and kept it going through his people. He kept it going. But once Christ came along, there was no more need for it. Hallelujah. Now I understand when you go to the hospital, you have a little baby boy, and they're going to say, you want him circumcised? And you say, uh, yes. They say, that'll be $200. And then some parents say no. Right? But you should. We know the hygienic uh, purpose and benefits of circumcision. So if you got to borrow $200 from somebody or, you know, sell a pint of blood or something, get your baby circumcised. <laughs> Get them, get them circumcised. But not for spiritual reasons. What they were doing was telling people that this is what you had to do to actually be saved, to please God. And he called them mutilation. In fact, he tells one group, he says, I would, I wish that they were all together cut off. That's what Paul tells you. He said he, he got so mad about these mutilators. He said, I wish for them that they just be cut off. Now that's graphic. Paul's, Paul's graphic. Paul, Paul's encouraging some, uh, you know, eunuchism. You know what I'm saying? Making them some eunuchs. He's <laughs> That's the best way I can put it, boy. Castration is what he's talking about. Just cut them off. He's talking about these people who need dogs. These dogs who are trying to, trying to pull you into, their, into keeping these laws. He says, watch out for them. Now, let me keep going here. Verse 3. He says, for we are of the circumcision. He says, we are of the circumcision. We are of the circumcision. Now, remember, he's warning them to watch out for those who are coming trying to get them circumcised. And he says, so I'm trying to tell you, we are already of the circumcision. Not by a physical act. We are circumcised in our hearts. I, what, what circumcision means to cut away. He says, so in our hearts, we've already gone through that circumcision process. We are the circumcision. And he says, so you don't need to go and do this physical circumcision to get in line with God. Y'all got this? Put up Galatians 5. Y'all turn, turn there real quick in your Bibles. You're, you're in Philippians. Go back two, two, uh, chap, two books. 
Go back towards the front of your Bible, two books. Galatians. Look at this. We are the circumcision. It's already done. But let me show you what Paul says in Galatians 5 and verse 6. Because this, this goes what we're talking about, about not putting confidence in the flesh. Galatians 5 verse 6, are you there? He says, for in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. But what does avail? Faith. The real power comes from faith. There's no power in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. It doesn't make Jesus any difference. What makes a difference if you want success in your life, if you want to overcome in your life, is not whether you get circumcised or not, is do you have faith and are you working your faith through love? So he's saying, don't put confidence in that fleshly act. Have confidence in the ability that your, that your faith gives you. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Come on, help me out. Even our faith, not even our circumcision. It's not keeping the law. It's you working your faith through love. Go over, please, to uh, chapter 6. Same book. Galatians chapter 6. Hallelujah. <laughs> look, at, look at verse um, verse 12. I'm sorry, verse 12. Verse 12. It says, as many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these will compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. In other words, there are people who are getting born again, but they go and do this act so they wouldn't be persecuted by the Jews. Spiritual wimps. Verse 13, for not even those who are circumcised, we could throw in actually keep the law. But they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. They don't keep the law, but they want you to get circumcised so they can boast in you. Verse 14, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me, by whom, I got that highlight in my Bible, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. That's something you need to make a note of in your mind and your spirit that you've been crucified to the world and the world's been crucified to you. In other words, as, as uh, I heard this one guy, uh, I think it's, it's Kevin O'Leary, used to say on Shark Tank, you're dead to me. So to the world, you're dead to me. I'm not talking about to the people. I'm talking about to the world system. You love the people. Huh? I said you love the people. But that system, you say, no, you're dead to me. I don't want that system. I don't, want, I don't love the world. I don't love the things that are in the world. Okay? And I to the world. So I'm dead to the world. Watch this. Verse 15. Verse 15. Here it is. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor circumcision avails anything, but what does avail? So your new creation, if any man be in Christ, come on, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God. Right? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. So you are of God now, a new creation, and that gives you power. It avails. That's what avails me. It gives you power. So you don't get power from being circumcised or uncircumcised. You get power just by virtue of being a Christian. 
I don't know if y'all got that. Just being a Christian makes you a whole new creature. Just being a, just being a Christian makes you a superhuman person. Glory to God. You're already a supernatural being with supernatural DNA. Y'all got this here? I said, do y'all have this here? Remember the Bible says that we've been made partakers of God's divine nature. So I'm already a new creation. I'm already new in Christ. I'm already above the rest. I'm already walking in power. I already have authority. I already have dominion. So I don't need to go back to the flesh to get this power. I don't need to come back down to the flesh to get this power. I don't know if y'all hear me in the back yet. I don't need to come down to the flesh to get this power. Circumcision doesn't avail anything but faith working through love. Circumcision doesn't avail anything but a new creation. You are a new creation already and you've been given a measure of faith. You have what you need to operate at a totally uh, supernatural level. I was listening to a message the other day. Apostle Durba preached uh, last, I think this would have been last Friday. He preached a message called Faith Versus Fantasy. Or Fantasy Versus Faith, whichever it's called. And uh, in the message, he, he talked a lot about how the devil is pulling, up, pulling people into a fantasy world. Unreal world. And people aren't walking by faith. People are getting caught up in a fantasy world. He talked about, you remember the TV show you grew up on, a Fantasy Island? Remember uh, two, two, Tattoo? Right, the plane, the plane. What, what was the boss? Boss man. Was, it was just the boss? No, Mr. Rourke. Yeah, yeah, he had a name. But it's Fantasy Island. But you know, the kids, they don't know nothing about Fantasy Island, but they live on Fantasy Island on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, on YouTube, YouTube Shorts. It's all fantasy world. Reality television. It ain't no reality television. It's, they should call it unreality television. It's all fantasy world. It's all produced shows. Then you have things like now virtual reality. Then you have augmented reality. Now we have the metaverse. Just look this stuff up. It's the devil's attempt to drag people into fantasy. Y'all looking mad. Okay, let, let, me, let me come back down to something you're going to stand. Everybody gets into all the Marvel heroes, Marvels, Marvel. And what's all the little, that's uh, all fantasy world. Everybody fantasizes about being a superhero. And the kid, one day the kids in the school asked me, you know, I told you they asked me a lot of questions. One day they asked me, Pastor, if you could be a superhero, which superhero would you be? You don't ask a pastor which superhero which he would be. I'm already a superhero, bro. I'm already full of power. See, but what they get caught up in is the fantasy world. Y'all real quiet. They get caught up in the fantasy world. It's not the real world. Trying to be super flesh 
and not understanding God has already given us divine DNA. So people get caught up and hyped up about the Marvel movies and the heroes and the comics and the, and the video games and all the things that they see and never spend time in the book finding out who they actually are. Come on now. Y'all quiet in this Presbyterian church tonight. You, I, I'm telling you, if you spend, people will watch a two-hour Marvel movie and won't spend 20 minutes in the world. You're grabbing all of your inspiration from something that you know is actually totally impossible. It's fantasy. But what's real, you won't spend two minutes in it. You got to get in here and find out who you actually are. You, your new creation avails. Your faith avails much. We just heard the man read the scripture, James 5, 16. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Makes much power available. It's tremendous in his work, and I think that's how the Amplified Classic puts it. Now, go to, are you still in Galatians? Yes, sir. Okay, go to chapter 3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got a few minutes, so I'm not going to finish. Galatians 3. Look at verse 1. Hallelujah. Oh, foolish Galatians. Now these are these are these are born again Galatians. These aren't Galatians out at the club. This is the born again Galatians here. <laughs> this ain't chunky Sunday Galatians. These are the these are these are the these these are these are the, the church Galatians right here. He said, "You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth?" before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Watch this. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? What's the answer, y'all? Hearing of faith. When we say works of the law, we can equate that whole thing to the flesh. Okay? Verse 3. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect? Are you going to finish the job? Are you going to reach your maturity? Are you going to reach your level of, of success? Are you going to reach, reach your destiny? Are you going to reach your purpose and your assignment in God by the flesh? Are you going to fulfill the maximized life God came to, uh, Jesus Christ came to give you through the flesh? No. He said you can't start in the spirit and then now be made perfect by the flesh. Have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or the flesh or by the hearing of faith? What's the answer? Just as Abraham, watch this, believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's before he was circumcised. 
He believed God. It was accounted to him for righteousness. Not what he did in the flesh. He believed God. Verse 7. Therefore know that only those who are of faith. Now see, they're all thinking that you got to be circumcised to be a son or daughter of Abraham. Or son of Abraham, but a child of Abraham. You got it? But he says, know only those who are of faith. Who cares if you got circumcised? If you're not walking and living by faith in Christ Jesus, you are not a son of Abraham. Verse 8, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. Verse 9, watch this. So then those who are circumcised are blessed. Oh, those who what? Are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham, not the flesh. So he's saying, put no confidence in your flesh. Put no confidence in your works. Put no confidence in what you can do. Put no confidence in what you have. Let me, let me show you something here. Let me show you something here. Um, go to... Um, Go back to Philippians 3.3. 3. Philippians 3.3. 3. Let me see if I can get you at least part of the way through this here. Philippians 3.3. 3. He says, for we are the circumcision. Notice the next thing. Who worship God in the spirit. Remember John 4, 23 and 24? When Jesus said, woman, the time is coming when the Father will find, is seeking those who worship him in spirit and truth. He says, for they that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Now he's talking to a Samaritan woman who's talking about her heritage versus the Jews. And they were, they were uh, at odds, Samaritans and Jews, as to uh, how you kept the law, where you worship, all these acts, all these things. And Jesus is laying out to her that these things don't mean anything because Jesus Christ, go, go back to verse 23, John 4, 23, and see what it says. He says, well, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers, it won't be about whether you circumcise or uncircumcise, what, what's in your flesh. It'll be those who are true worshipers will do what? Worship the Father, come on. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Verse 24, watch this. God is spirit and those who must. So what makes you a true worshiper is when you worship him in spirit and truth. Not whether you circumcise or uncircumcised. Not what you have. Not, not, not how long you've been saved. It's do you worship in spirit and in truth. Do you worship God for real, for real. Or are you putting on a show? Do you know how to stand up and sit down at the right time? Do you know how to put your hands up at the right time? Do you know how to sing at the right time? Do you know how to do No, that, that's not a true worshiper. A true worshiper is going to worship him in spirit and in truth. Now go back to, to, to uh, Philippians and we'll finish here. I want you to see that here. Jesus, uh, that Paul made that point. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. So we're the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. It's not about this flesh here. He says, and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now, 
Let's look at Philippians 3.3 in the Amplified Classic. Amplified Classic. And let's see how Amplified spells it out here. You see it? For we Christians are the true circumcision. That's us. Who worship God in spirit and by the spirit. And exalt and glory and pride ourselves in who? Jesus Christ. In who? Jesus Christ. And put no confidence or dependence, watch this, on what we are in the flesh and on what? And physical and. Oh, did y'all catch all that? Put no confidence. Or dependence on what we are in the flesh. Whether you black, whether you white, whether you male or female. See, God doesn't want you putting confidence in your degree. Oh, I'm trying to save this for next week. He doesn't want you putting confidence in your last name and who you are, and people know my name. He doesn't want you putting confidence in your education and your intellect, your own natural wisdom. Putting confidence, well, I'm cute enough. I, you know, people will let me in. They'll give me a break because I'm cute enough. You're not that cute. See, there are all kinds of things that people on this, on this surface natural level whether spoken or unspoken, put this confidence in and not on the spirit. You can't put confidence on your experience. Did you hear what I said? Don't put confidence in your experience. Well, I've done this before. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a veteran at this. I've done this before. And here you go. You think because you've been around the bend a couple times, you know what you're doing. You don't even need to consult God. I don't mean I'm, t- I'm talking about people in general, not you. I'm talking about this is people in general. You just you just well because I you know I, I I know what I'm doing. I've done this a couple times. You know I've I've been around here before. I know how to do this. So you know I'm not going to consult God, and you know I'm not even going to ask God for His help. I'm not even going to pray about this one here. What's happening? You're putting confidence in your flesh. In outward, or privilege, outward privileges, you know, people are already about to argue about white privilege and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you don't put no confidence in white privilege or black privilege. Or... What, that, what does that mean? Y'all quiet in here. Yeah, y'all get nervous when I say stuff like that. Y'all get so nervous when I say stuff like that. Well, people got privilege, and we don't, you, what, so your confidence now, or your lack of confidence is because of your blackness. Now you feel like people ain't going to give me a chance because I'm black. That's your problem. You're a grasshopper in your own eyes. And when you're a grasshopper in your own eyes, you become a grasshopper in people's eyes. 
See, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're letting your flesh lead and not letting the Holy Spirit tell you what you can do. Oh, Lord, they so quiet in this democratic church here. We got here. And physical advantages. Physical advantages. <laughs> physical advantages and external appearances. And you think, well, because you know, I, I got, I'm, you know, I'm built like this, or I'm made like this, or I'm this height, or this whatever. You think, well, whatever. Or because whatever you don't have, you think, well, I don't have the ability to do this and do that. What you're doing is you are letting your flesh dictate to you what you can do, where you can go, what you can have. And rather than letting God and his word bust the limits off of your life. So you got to have no confidence in the flesh. Well, I think I'm on the hook right there because I, I can go a little, some other stuff here and I don't want to start into this and, and I'll lose you. All right? We, we go far enough tonight? Your flesh avails nothing. Your flesh cannot dictate <laughs> your prosperity or your life expectancy. Beloved, I wish above all things that you, you would prosper and be in health even as your soul, not, not based on your flesh. You living long and living strong is not based on, you know, how early your mama died and her early, her early daddy died. Your natural DNA has nothing to do with how long you live. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Do you understand this here? So don't go, don't go. You go to doctor, don't they ask you, well, give me your family history. I don't know it. That's none of your business. No, we need to know. No, no, you don't. No, you are you 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 going you going to examine me or my mama? Who you look you want? Who, who you examining? Which, which one of us? You, you don't need to know my, my mama history, my daddy history. You examine. Are, are they here? They 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 somewhere? Okay, what you need to know about them for? You you you're examining me, doc? Do, can I just say something? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I never saw it before, and I'm, I'm going on a limb, but I'm sure he's back in this. Do you know how the spirit of divination works? The spirit of divination works. They get some information out of you. And then use information to now predict or prophesy about your life. So when the doctor... 
get your information, your medical history. Now they're going to make a prediction about your life based on your grandmama and your granddad and your daddy and your older brother. You go, oh, Lord. Well, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I can't live like that. What? That's a spirit of divination. Well, you got you to gotta be wise. You got to use common sense, Pastor. <laughs> What's common sense? Tell me, tell, me, tell me what common sense is. Common to whom? See, you're in a new creation. You're in a new race. I said you're in a new race. You're in a new family. What's common to the world is not common to you. Well, I don't agree with that. Well, die then. It's up to you. You can go ahead and die if you want to. I'm just telling you. It's up to you. But I'm telling you, you don't have to live like that. Well, I was born on the wrong side of tracks. Well, you got born again. <laughs> now you own the tracks. You own all the tracks now. You own all the tracks. Don't go by the flesh. Go by the spirit. Don't let the flesh dictate to you what you're going to do, what you're going to have, where you're going to go, what you're going to do for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Paul said, Paul said, when, when I first received my heavenly vision, I did not immediately confer with the flesh. I love the Holy Ghost. He just brought that. He said, I did not immediately confer with the flesh. I didn't go to the flesh and see what the flesh said about God's vision that he gave me. And some of y'all, the reason, people online, this ain't y'all. Some of the reason why y'all are held back is because you keep confirming with your flesh when God has already told you what to do. God has already told you where to go, and you keep confirming with your flesh. Well, I'm not sure how you and what you think, what you think about what that you Paul said, I ain't confirming with no flesh. I got what God told me, and I did it. I heard what God said. I knew his voice, and I did what he said. In fact, he, 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 he took 15 years, just him, just, me and God, boom, 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 boom. I'm not going to confer with no flesh about God's vision. God showed you you're going to live long and strong. What you asking the doctor for now? Well, doctor, what, you, what do you think? What's the prognosis? What's the prognosis? How long I got? What you ask the doctor how long you got for? It's confidence in the flesh. First Corinthians 2, 5, Paul said, I come preaching the power, demonstration of the spirit that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's verse 4 and 5. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So that's what God wants us to have. Faith in his power. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, put no confidence in the flesh. 
Don't let the flesh tell you what you're going to do. You know, Jesus said the spirit is willing. Y'all better stand up because it's still coming. Y'all stand up, stand up. Y'all stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. The spirit is willing, he said, but the flesh is weak. How you going to let weak flesh tell you what's going to happen? You tell the flesh, shut up. trouble resting at night. That's your flesh. Flesh, we're going to sleep. My wife would tell you, they, they laugh at me. I sleep at will. At will. Hey, we're talking, hey, I'm going to sleep. I tell them, I'm, I'm, all right, I'm done, I'm going to sleep. Right off of sleep. And, and, and it might not, it, for me, it doesn't matter how late if I just stay up. If, I got, if I'm going to get up early in the morning, I just say, all right, I'm going to get up. You need some of that, huh? You get up early, just get up. All right, Flash, we're getting up. You got to imagine, you know, let me tell you something. I get as sleepy as y'all do in church. No, I'm, okay, don't, not when I'm preaching. I mean, if I'm sitting and I'm listening. Well, I, I get sleepy. Why? Because sleep is trying to come on you. Sleep trying to overtake you. I learned to tell the flesh, no. The spirit's willing, the flesh is weak. I tell them, no, no, I'm not going to sleep. You don't let the flesh dictate stuff to you. That's why I can fast. Pastor, we call another fast. Pastor, we got a fast. Oh my God, you got a fast. It's just your flesh. Tell the flesh, shut up. Flesh, we're not going to eat for 12 hours. It's, it's just the flesh. Just the flesh. Amen. Put no confidence in it. Hallelujah. We'll, we'll keep going on this because I want the people that I serve to be totally victorious overcomers in every area of your life. And when I notice People kind of don't look, you're not looking right, your face is looking right. I know, okay, that's, that's just the flesh. It's just the flesh. That's all it is. That you can whoop it. Paul said, I beat this body into subjection. I beat it into flesh. Shut up. I discipline my body. I beat it into subjection. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to get us more stuff next week on that because we, there's a, the flesh is more than just you. Some flesh outside of you that you got to stop putting confidence in. Amen. 
Lord, thank you for giving us victory over this flesh. And knowing how to dictate to our flesh how things are going to be. That we don't let this weak flesh dominate our spirits. We put our spirits on the horse. We make the flesh walk. We don't let the flesh keep riding the horse. No, no, no. Your word said that's evil. That's evil under the sun. So God, thank you, Lord, that we can walk in total victory. I thank and I pray for every one of these, my precious children, your children, Father, who are every day facing different battles, different circumstances. But Lord, many of your people are just holding on. God, I pray that you strengthen each and every one of us with might by your spirit and our inner man. That we do more than just hold on. But we climb back up to the top in victory. That we won't just walk around looking like we're just hanging on for dear life. When your word says, Father, those who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. That your word says, those that have clean hands shall grow stronger and stronger. We will never faint in the day of adversity because our strength is too small. Thank you, Father, that we win this war of the flesh. That, God, we don't yield to the flesh in any way. In any way. We don't yield to sin in the flesh. We don't yield to sexual immorality. We don't yield to idolatry. We don't yield to, to anything the devil tries to bring to us to tempt us and hold us in those things. And we don't let our earthly or our lower nature dictate our prosperity or dictate our longevity. God, we walk in divine health, divine life. We'll prosper and be in health even as our souls prosper. Thank you, Father, that God, we are not, we're not dependent upon man for anything. Government, jobs, anybody. We're totally dependent on you, Father, the source of all of our help. And I pray tonight that every one of these, your people, will walk and live in this victory that is already assured to us because Jesus crucified his own flesh. And then, Lord, you allowed his natural flesh to be nailed to that cross. He was tortured, beaten, bruised, abused, went into hell and whipped Satan on his own ground. And you raised him again on the third day morning for us with all the victory in his hands and that victory is ours. Tonight I pray for that these your people will walk in the victory that comes that we might know the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. And I pray, Father, that this sweet victory will be enjoyed by your people each and every day. We give you the praise for it. All the glory and the honor for it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give God a great hand of